This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Um, right now, we're going to have a conversation that I think you'll find interesting. We're going to have a conversation about... Um, the targets that the federal government has set for emissions for this country. And we've talked a lot about the oil and gas emissions and how, uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, think we maybe got a little ambitious and got out ahead of ourselves in terms of what's realistic uh, and uh, attainable, especially given, you know, what's happening in certain parts of the world where things have changed drastically over the course of the past six months. Um, but the other aspect that we haven't talked much about before now is buildings. When you take a look at buildings and the emissions they produce, it's about the third highest behind um, transportation and oil and gas in the country. So, I mean, they are a significant source of emissions in our country. And, and so, just like everything else, their goal is a 42% reduction by 20, from 2019 levels. That's by 2030. And ultimately, we get to net zero by 2050. You're familiar with those targets. We've talked about them before. Question, though, is what's the cost? Is it attainable? And how do we get there? So we're going to chat with Charles Deland, Associate Director of Research at the C.D. Howe Institute. Charles, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Sure. Nice to join you. So, I mean, first of all, when we talk about emissions from homes specifically, where does the majority of those emissions come from? Obviously, it's from heating, right? It's from heating water. It's from heating the home, right? Yep, that's that's exactly right. That's the, the vast majority is from heating both those things. And most of it is the air. Uh, and then a smaller amount would be heating water. Okay, and the goal here is to move that off of natural gas source for heat and move it into electricity, right? That's the plan. That's the way we do this reduction. That that's one of the like that's that's one of the major things. I mean, there's a couple other levers, but in our study, that's what we looked at. I would say it's not just natural gas out here. It is, of course, in in Alberta, uh, some parts of the country still use heating oil. Uh, maritime right, sure, yeah. Okay, now let's talk about these goals. 42% by 2030. How big of a job is it ultimately to reach these goals? If we put it into numbers instead of just 42%, real terms that people might be able to understand, how big of a job are we talking about here? Sure, and that's exactly what we wanted to look at in this paper. It was to look at, it was a scenario that we created. If we were going to electrify the, the heating, what would that take in terms of in our case, replacing this, uh, the fossil fuels with heat pumps in particular. So we just created a scenario in which it wasn't fancy. It was a kind of a straight line of what would it take to get to net zero by 2050. And we're looking at roughly retrofitting about over 400,000 homes per year, uh, every year uh, to 2050. Now, what about, I mean, that's just the existing. What about with new buildings being added? Doesn't that add to the number? That actually is, does include that. There okay. is some assumption that we make that they're going to start to tail off by, say, 2030. Um, in a more extreme case, in which we totally cut that off by, say, next year, which, again, we can say that's unrealistic, but nonetheless, we call it an extreme case. Even in that case, uh, we we don't reach that goal. We get to roughly uh, about 26% reduction by 2030 which is less than the 42%. Far less, yeah, far less, but more realistic, right? I mean, that's possibly attainable. The 42% might be out of reach. Is that what we're saying? Well, I'm just uh, just saying they would take a lot. Yeah, a uh, lot, yeah. If it would, yeah, it would taking actually looking at 
uh, if the, sorry, the, if we wanted to actually get to net zero or so the 42% reduction by 2030, it would take over half a million units per year to be retrofitted and nothing new emitting after 2023. Now that's just a start. As we said, we're talking about 2030 right. and the goals get more ambitious and they go farther to 2050 at net zero. What's the cost of that? What are we talking about in terms of reaching that goal? In terms of dollars? Dollars so- and retrofits and all the rest of it. Yeah. So again, ours is pretty narrow. We're just looking at this, this, uh, these heat pumps. Now it could even be more than this because we're looking at insulation and, and, uh, you know, if you change out electrical panels, that sort of thing. But we're t- looking at roughly around four to six billion dollars per year for retrofits over the 30 plus years. We're talking about 150 to 200 billion dollars. Each year, the four to six billion is roughly the equivalent of about two to three modern hospitals. For to put that into some context for okay. cost. Um, now, w- when we look at these costs, who, what's what's the primary cost behind? Obviously, it's is it's retrofitting. I mean, is the technology? Is there a chance that might get cheaper? I mean, how just break down that yeah. cost a bit for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's true. This is. Uh, there's, it's a range. Obviously, that's yeah, a very yeah. average cost because uh, apartments are going to be different than single-family homes, than condos and townhouses. So we're taking a very uh, broad, average look at this. And you know, in our case, we're just looking at switching out the, the, the heating of water and uh, and air with like replacing a furnace with heat pumps. Now uh, that can certainly grow if you have to change out your electrical, if you need to properly insulate your homes. Uh, and certainly there is a possibility that costs will come down. I mean, there's also other constraints that, that we didn't directly address, such as uh, labor. You know, it, it takes a lot of people to do this kind sure. of work. And not everyone's uh, up to the latest uh, you know, heat pump standards. Uh, and, and also the supply chain issues have been big lately. So, you know, costs can go either way. We, we don't know. I guess that there's a lot of uh, potential error. This is, again, this is not a forecast. No, this is a scenario. And, and, and that's such a great point, Charles, because I, I think we, we often sort of view things through the lens of today, which we have to, right? Because like you say, there's so many different uh, unknown variables 10, 20, 30 years from now that things could be drastically different. But just looking at it from where we are now, it's still a useful exercise. Correct. That's the point. It's just to give it some context. Exactly. Yeah. So when we take a look at this, I mean, and it can also serve as a head as a heads up to governments, both federal and provincial, in terms of okay, this is the ask, this is the cost. Uh, how do we make those two work together? Right. Right. And I think one thing that you know we would ask as as consumers and as researchers is we would like to see more granularity along with some other targets. Like exactly how do how do these things, how, how do the numbers add up? You know, we have the aspirations. We have some of the methods that, uh, like like the replacing uh, of uh, fossil fuels with heat pumps, but maybe a bit more granularity on exactly how we're going to reach those numbers by what years and not just picking sort of the outcome and then working toward it. That's, that's the takeaway for sure. I, I couldn't agree more. Charles, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it very much.